Hey everybody, welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Valentine. And on this episode, we're talking dogs. Diggity dogs. Who let the dogs out? The Dogs of War, season two, episode 10. This episode is written by Mark Edens and Sherry Goodhearts, who have worked together before. Um, we kind of went through their history, so if you want to go back two episodes, we, we like went all through it. Um, so, stop the episode. Go illegally download it or find it on YouTube. Watch it so you know what we're talking about. Are you back? Okay, let's go. What do you guys think about this one? Uh, this episode is excellent. Um, yeah, it's definitely a wild change of pace from what we're see what we've seen before. Um, and uh, yeah, they really they really ramp up the like freaky Nazi science stuff. <laughs> Yeah, big time. The Neo Megas are terrifying and somehow look even more alien than Neo Sapiens. And they can communicate by high pitched whistling. Yeah, which or some kind of noise, which is terrifying. Yeah, and there's I have some issues with that. We'll get to that though. Um <laughs> so so basically we start with our main squeeze, Rita Torres, coming down from the skies in that pink Marsala Ephraim, and she's here to kidnap a Neo Mega. Um, so she hooks up the resistance. By the way, I know they can cloak, but like, what's the tactical purpose of bringing a giant pink Ephraim? Yeah, into right. Like, like, they won't see us. Yeah, okay, okay. Look, I know in World War II they painted planes pink to avoid detection because I guess it refracted the light or some shit. But come on. That's because, no, well, everything was in black and white in World War II. That's yeah, exactly. Why it didn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's the key. That's why it was, uh, if you just painted something uh, a shade of gray, you were invisible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, they're they're here to capture our Neo-Mega, and Napier's got to go to like a conference in Tahiti. So basically, Rita's trying to take over the uh, resistance operation. Um, what do you guys think about that whole setup? I thought it was interesting. I think it's interesting when they like take one character and like, out of the Exo Squad and have just individual episodes with them, just as a as a narrative thing. Um, I don't know. It shows you there's some there's like this whole longer arc about how the Resistance still doesn't trust the Exo Squad, um, which is you know kind of ongoing yeah. and interesting. And then Napier is like the glue that holds it together. But then and then then obviously at the end, uh, Eve learns to trust Torres. Yeah, that was. So this is actually an issue I kind of have with this episode. I love this episode, just to get that out up front. But um, kind of like with the pirate stuff, I feel like we've been here a little bit before, where it's like, oh yeah, the Resistance still doesn't trust the you know the squad, and they have all this tension. Instead of it kind of being like a cool heist movie vibe, it's I was hoping like, it would be like a like a train like the whole thing would be like the train job. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. But uh, yeah. It it eerily mirrors the uh, Pellegrino Bronski fight, right? Like they're rivals, and then they like understand each other. Yeah, no, for real. You think we you think we've sort of covered that by now? <laughs> it seems to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, no one from the no one from the EXO squad can like get along with anybody else at first at first try. Like nobody is like, um, 
But uh, we do get to see someone else use. Uh, oh, we should probably do the recap. But we get to see somebody else use the JT Marshy frame. Yeah, which is kind of sick. Um, Dude, Eve Hanley rules. Yeah, she's the fucking best. Um, so early on, we get a really cool cut that I like. It's uh, they're talking about their orders, and Torres is like, "I don't criticize orders. I just follow them." Surely you're not criticizing Phaeton's orders. Of course not. I accept your assignment to my staff. I just want to know what function you will fulfill. Purely advisory. To employ the Terran vernacular, I am to be the brains of this outfit. I like that because it kind of ties a little bit of humanity into the Neo-Sapiens. You know, like that they're not just blindly following everything anymore. The Neo-Sapiens seemed like they were the blind followers before, and now the humans are kind of doing. I don't know. It's it's like an interesting little parallel. But it's a cool. It's a it's a cool juxtaposition that like both the pro the problems ha that same problem is happening for the Neo-Sapiens and the humans. Yeah. Also, the Neo-Megas who show up remind me of Neil Patrick Harris for some reason. I don't know why, but they kind of do. <laughs> I don't know if it's no, like. I see that. Yeah. Right. They're skinny, kind of attractive. Yeah. <laughs> really into show tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> National international treasures, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> exactly. Supremely talented. Really good at hitting those high notes. Tri triple threats. <laughs> All those kinds of heat. So basically, you know, Shiva's got it like a Neo Mega that's gonna work with him. He's like, uh no fucking way. So he goes to Phaeton's headquarters. And I love this. He gets stonewalled by Livia. I must speak to Phaeton. Phaeton is busy. He can't see you now. He'll see me. I am commanding general of Earth forces. Ah, Pretorius. Phaeton will see you. For an episode called The Dogs of War, there's a lot of big dogging going on in this episode, which is great. There's a, This is like the first time we've seen Livia in a while, too. Right? Yeah, it's been... Yeah. I feel like it's been like 10 episodes at least. Yeah. There's a lot of... I think what's interesting about this, though, is that there's... And I, I, I get the narrative. I get, I get the reason to put a little tension between in the Exo Squad because I like the sort of parallels between the uh, Exo Squad of the Neo Sapiens, both having like infighting and like it's getting a little bit out of control. You're, I think I talked about this like really at the beginning of the show, which is like oh, we get to see more like how the Neo Sapiens have a little bit of discord, and it's not just like monolithic. Like they're just you know one one mind. Yeah. This like this like lines up very nicely with like we're we're in like the we're in like the closing like the beginning of the end of the war because like the neo sapiens like the neo the, like Phaeton's like paranoid like politics is like getting in the way is is causing people to break down and like they're really ramping up the like dangerous science the weirdo science stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, on that note. So the reason that Pretorius is there is that, uh, you know, Phaeton's like, dude, we need more of these Neomegas. And Pretorius is like, yeah, I just made these things up. I don't know if I can control them. They're like big brains. So they're going to take over. And Phaeton's just having none of it. And he gives him a freaking Neomega as an assistant who he presses a button, a door opens to the floor, and the dude just like pops up. My question, how long was that dude waiting there? <laughs> uh, six hours. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot of uh, high-pitched bitching 
about that. <laughs> I'm just waiting here. Yeah. I've... No one's even showed up yet. It's just, it's, just don't call, call me at three. Call me at three. Just... Yeah. He fucking, uh, he gives him, he throws mad shade when he's like, he's like, what is, what's your job? He's like, to be in the Terran terms, the brains of the operation. Like, <laughs> And by the way, all the things he ever suggests are just reasonable ideas. They're not like particularly insightful. Like, right. I mean, maybe the fact that he's like, they're going to try to capture me, but it's mostly just like, why don't we just wait until the leader gets back and then capture him too? And she was like, Haha, I don't think so. We're going ahead. Yeah. And you're just like, I, I could have told you that, man. That's not. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, she was like, I am hungry. What shall I do? He's like, I don't know, make a sandwich. Something, you know, like a little nosh. Yeah, like, you know, like, um, I don't know. I understand why Phaeton sees the need for Neomegas. Like, pretty much all of the prior Neosapiens we've encountered have been, like, deeply incompetent. Like, yeah, it's no, yeah, I I get it. I get it from a storytelling standpoint. (laughs) And I realize it's like hard to write characters that are smarter than you. Right. But like, uh, <laughs> there's a point where uh the neomega is being like oh yeah i got like the biggest brain dude like look how big my brain is not like these normal neos and there's like a nazi neo sapien standing there but there's probably that's like that dude is probably way more competent than shiva at this point and definitely typhonis like that's well, true they should give those guys more control yeah they should put them in charge yeah because, you know, Shiva's been hitting the roids a little too hard. I mean, that dude's fucking huge. He's yoked. Shiva's, <laughs> Shiva's yoked. Um, but, so yeah, they're, they're going to build a new Neomega breeding facility. But they're like... These Terran workers are inefficient. They eat too much and they need sleep. They should be replaced. I will say Pretorius brings up the uh, auto mutation syndrome that... Phaeton's undergoing, which is kind of like turning Phaeton into like a goo monster, um, which is kind of great. But what's great about that whole thing is that like Livia is like like it's treason to even mention it, which is so like paranoid, and that that part just is upsetting. <laughs> it's like any of the atrocities because it's so seems so true to life. Like if you question the leader at all, like <laughs> well, even to say like, Hey, he's sick. I could help him. They're just like, he's not sick. He's fine. Well, Get out of here. There's a great part where when they mention it, and I'll put it in probably right here where they're like, does he have the sickness? And it's like, what do you mean? First of all, it's treason to mention that, but he definitely does not have it. And they do a hard cut right back to him. And he's just like panting like a fucking madman. He's like shaking. Yeah. yeah it's so good. Um, I got the face goo. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gee, I got the face go. I have been afflicted by the face go. <laughs> I have bad news. It's face go. Yeah. <laughs> My dearest Olivia, it has been nearly a fortnight since I wrote to you. However, I've been afflicted with the face go. Um, I shan't hope to return to Phaeton City. <laughs> by the way, Phaeton City, not looking good. Yeah. It has been destroyed and no one thought to rebuild it. Yeah, it's uh, it, you'd think they'd make it the shining like jewel of the Neo Sapien Empire, but it re- like you said, it's turned into like, like you know, a giant trash heap. Especially compared to Shiva City or whatever Miami is called now. Yeah, because <laughs> that place looks dope. Yeah, I that's that's one of my favorite captions. It's like it's like Shiva's Earth headquarters, formerly Florida. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, I I guess I guess. 
a, a an in-story argument could be that like it has oh no, it's, no I was no you're right I I was gonna say like it hasn't been that long since the attacks but like it's been like three years like like the wars <laughs> been going on for like a couple of years that yeah it should be fixed I yeah yeah seriously but <laughs> so sorry I just saw the part where the guy comes to the floor yeah isn't it great um, <laughs> it's so good. Because I was because th- I was thinking like when I'm the ruler of anything, I'm going to have a, a just steps that lead up to a chair. Yeah, like twenty steps, and they just end up in a chair, and there's nothing else. And I'm going to sit in it. Okay, Ryan, what's your uh, you know all powerful despot thing? Go. Uh, I'm definitely going to have a wall with like TVs playing everywhere, uh, and like. Have like a yeah, have like one of those like super villain like news centers, uh, and definitely have people come in and I'm like looking at it and say something like, you know, it all comes down to one story, power. Like I'm gonna say yeah. like vague, <laughs> I'm gonna say like vague villains and shit like that. You see, going, you kind of, I thought you were gonna steal mine with the wall of things. I want a wall of TVs, but it's like I'm in a different room and there's like a camera just zoomed in on like really tight on a various part of my face and it's like doing an 80s fucking thing and just when you talk it just sounds like fucking like all videoed out and shit like that would be awesome you're like max headroom yeah exactly that's that's a really good one (laughs) like no one's seen you in real life exactly total wizard of oz young pope thing um okay so phaeton drops the line only a dog is loyal and you too lydia so we start this dog theme here okay so we go outside, we hear dogs barking in the background. We see homeless people eating dog food out of a tin. Dog imagery. Um, so we get a dead drop of some intelligence, which is pretty cool. It's uh, Ellie, I think her name is, uh, who is one of the workers that they're going to shit can, i.e. kill and shoot into the sun. She drops like a piece of paper in a trash can, which I'm actually kind of curious about this, that it seems like she's going home after a hard day of working in the concentration camp, maybe I'm not quite, un- I'm not quite clear on this. She, she, yeah, I don't know. Um, she, she got yeah. away somehow for, I think just a brief time. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> she has a studio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, the, the prices right now in downtown Phaeton city are great. Um, it's going to get developed in a couple of years right lot, now. Lot it's a neighborhoods. There's yeah. a, there's a spin studio and another giant weapons factory. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's this bar that is shaped like a giant's weapon factory because it is also another giant weapon factory. It's yeah, it's an old weapons factory that's been reclaimed. <laughs> um, can I just say that that at one point I think Shiva says or somebody says, "Let's eliminate the humans. That will teach them." Yeah, it's like Shiva's answer is always not learn if you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like kind of. There's a point where it's like we will show their ghosts what happens. Um, so this, we we get it. We get we get the hint that like the extinction of the human race though is more imminent now too. Like yeah, literally. Discuss- yeah, yeah. I was gonna say literally the only thing that keeps them from doing that is the fact that all the Neo Sapiens are on the front lines, so they actually need the humans. Which is I think yeah. Oh. Go on, Ryan. No, no, I was gonna say I, just, I think that's a super interesting idea, right? Like the Neo Sapiens need the Terrans because like they're all on the front lines, like fighting. Like yeah. that's an interesting like political angle. Like how ironic, Phaeton, that the tables have turned and now you need the Terrans like they needed you. 
Um, I don't know. I guess what I was going to say was like, I guess the whole like destruction of the city is interesting because it's like, it's earth, but it seems, everything seems so foreign and so alien, right? Like even the buildings look destroyed, but they don't really look quite like buildings. They look, you know, if you really look at them, they look kind of misshapen and odd. Um, although it would have been interesting to see, like, you know, really gentrified part of the city with Neo sapiens. Like, yeah. Right. Like the, uh, like the prison camp with the, where the presidents were. Yeah, they got a Whole Foods. <laughs> I will say one, going back to that, one of the things I do love about this area and this a lot of the, this episode is that whenever you see like Phaeton City, it's all like fucked up. The streets are wet. Uh, the steam holes or the manholes, they're steaming, not the steam holes or manholes. <laughs> um, it's Put like a steam hole. Yeah, it's got a lot of really cool atmosphere, which I love. You know, blade. There's just big fans. For no reason. Yeah, giant cutting cutting light and steam. Yeah, just yeah, giant fireballs coming out of buildings for no reason. Blade Runner, yeah. Yeah. Um okay, so checking in with the resistance, they're kind of planning the next op, um, which is basically they're gonna pile into a car and drive into the whole weapons factory. Um but there's a, a guy doing Tai Chi in the background and another dude in an E-frame also doing Tai Chi, which oh, is glad like you brought that up. the greatest like fucking just background imagery ever. Um, I love that. I, I, I liked it, and I was like, why is this here? Um, I guess it's, the guy like falls, and the E-frame e cracks, and it's like, uh, see, the resistance isn't like, you know, the crack squad, maybe we thought they were, but just like, Tai Chi and E-frame just seems a little bit odd to me. Yeah, it's, okay, so can I tell you my like headcanon that I came up with during this episode? Sure. So the guy leading the Tai Chi is Voodoo. The guy doing the Tai Chi is uh, is Gillespie. Um, I feel like there's like a little heat between those two. I feel like there's something going on there because no one in the squad's really upset later on Gillespie buys it except for Voodoo. He's like, it's like a little bit, you know, that's what the show does really well where it's like they give you a little something but not like too much where they're going to over explain it. So... I like that they put those two guys together in that shot and that relationship. Um, so when it comes around later, you have someone that it will Gillespie's death will matter to and have meaning for, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, I, they would be total dream daddies together. Let's face it. <laughs> uh, resistance power couple. Oh yeah. What's the term? It's shipping. I'm, I'm shipping those two hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically they, uh, they go to, they try the truck strategy. It doesn't work. Everything gets fucked up. The, you know, Gillespie gets killed. Um, the Neo Megas come up with the idea to intentionally have one of their guys get captured. And she was just like, I never thought of that. Um, you know, they. Who is it? They uh, is it Sola? It's Sola's not the one who caused calls for the ambush of the Exo Squad guys. It's the uh, Shiva's buddy. Yeah, Sola's the uh, decoy. Yeah, but I love that they bring up uh, Drusus again and how he lost that first Neo Mega. Like, like, I like that they're adding a lore to this, that they're kind of giving you uh, a sense of like, oh, shit, this one thing happened all the way out there, but it's affecting everyone. Like, I love the continuity. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Uh, So, yeah, so basically they get this guy captured. Uh, For a first in the show, they don't just kill all the random dudes that were, like, not informed of this operation. They stun them. But... You know, the Neo Mega is faking. He's doing his high-pitched things, but the dogs can hear the high-pitched frequencies. 
So they all start barking. It's great imagery. But how far can this motherfucker, like, yell? Because, like, <laughs> it seems like they take him miles and miles away, and this dude can hear him like nothing. So I'm just saying, are they psychic or what's going on? I I thought they were I thought they were psychic. That's what I thought it was like. The thing was yeah, I thought they were at first, but but now it's like it is like a it's like a whistle like that is a sound. So I don't know. I mean, I do like the idea that the the only thing I could think of is that they say that the resistance headquarters is right below Shiva's, or I guess right below the main like military headquarters in Shiva City, or sorry, Phaeton City. But still, you're going through pipes and like miles of like, I don't know, infrastructure. It it seems like a stretch. I think. I mean, I think your logic checks out, but it didn't. I know. Didn't, I, didn't ruin it. Didn't ruin it for me. I know. I I am. I do also work in sound stuff, so you know, specific. Um, so Eve, Big Dogs, Torres. Um, oh yeah. So I just want to go back. Have you guys ever seen a movie and you're like, that's not a great line? Like, yes. Like, I could think sure. of the the worst line I've ever heard in a movie was in the first X-Men, Storm's Fighting Toad. Or, no. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing happens to everything else. Which is too broad. Yeah, that might be the worst line. Where it's like it's a setup for a line and it's terrible. Yeah. There's one of those lines in this episode. Um and it's JJ who's the elect let JJ do it. Opener? No opener? Who needs an opener? Let JJ do it. Who's the elect <laughs> who's the I wrote elect- down before you say it, I wrote down my favorite JJ line was let's move that choo choo. Let's move that choo choo. <laughs> Is that what you were gonna say? That was the exact line. Is it? <laughs> it is exactly that line <laughs> where he's like, because it's like, it's supposed to be this cool, like, suave, like, heist movie thing. And it's like, let's move that choo-choo. And you're like, mm. JJ, come on. You're better than that. <laughs> yeah, swing like, and a let, miss. Let JJ do it. Um, <laughs> can I say this uh, randomly? My favorite line from the last episode, which I was, you guys killed that episode without me. Oh, thanks. Um, was, you know, and before Marsh says, you know, exosquad can teach you how to fight, but they can't teach you how to walk away from a fight. Before that, they're at a bar and he says, stay frosty, kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. It's like, I was like, good, good presence of mind, Marsh, making like a pun. <laughs> no, it's... Anyway, yeah, let's move that choo-choo. <laughs> hey, guys, let's move that choo-choo. JJ on the fives. And it's like, no. Let's move that choo-choo with JJ. <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh, there's part after he said that line. I had that moment of like, I'm like, okay, they killed Gillespie. Voodoo's still alive. Is it too late for JJ? But no, JJ doesn't buy it. So the, you know the Neo Sapiens figure out where they are by tracking uh, Sola, who was intentionally kidnapped, and uh, everything's getting fucked up. But Napier comes back right in time. Napier goes nuts, by the way. Yeah, he goes fucking like on a mur- He goes hand to hand with one of those purple frames and wins. He like rips the guy out of the paint. <laughs> Get he goes in it. hard in the paint. Like, yeah, he fuck, throws some bows. Yeah, like Ewing in the '90s, man. Like he's he rips the guy out of the purple frame, gets in the frame, blows Shiva's like frame's <laughs> leg off, and lets everyone escape. Um, the Neo Omega and Eve have an amazing exchange. Tell me where you were taking all that equipment. 
No. Well, with an attitude like that, you'll never get on the Amanda Connor show. That program is no longer on the air. Yeah, we know. I love that he they actually referenced the Amanda Connor show. But, but then she says, yeah, I know. Yeah. That, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, we know. No, but that's a good callback. It's like, I feel like they're incorporating some of the show's history into this episode and like some of the you know other episodes, which is nice. Okay. So we, uh, the Bronski frames, <laughs> sorry. You blew right, blew right over that one. Like, <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no. I, I just saw something. Either. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like this part about it. Uh, moving on. Whatever, dad. <laughs> <laughs> no one else does, dummy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Go on, Chris. What else? Well, hold on. So, the, uh, oh yeah, it's been a long day. Um, So, basically, the Resistance escapes. Um, Torres and everyone in the squad get along. If Voodoo and Gillespie had some of that heat, I think that Torres and freaking Eve have, like, some nuclear heat going on right there, man. Ship number two. They they do not like each other from the jump. Like... But but that's why I think that when they get together, it's going to be, like, super awesome like i think they're gonna be a really good couple down the line i'm shipping i'm shipping eve hanley and torres hard like yeah right um, they have a they have a tom hanks and meg ryan in the dystopian future thing going on <laughs> <laughs> i'm with <laughs> fuck i'm sorry um I'm just, I'm just like steamrolling over everything right now steamroll it baby okay so we end on uh phaeton basically strips shiva of his generalship and puts Olivia in charge of Earth. I need a new commander. One who can follow orders. Olivia, you are the new commanding general of Earth forces. You are dismissed, Shiva. Hashtag feminism. Yeah. <laughs> Hells yeah. Olivia rocking that red lipstick. And he puts... Uh... So she's in charge, which... Is Miami now Olivia City? Who knows? But then they introduce Gracchus, another another Neo Mega. But my favorite thing is basically the uh, the end image is them. He's like, oh, yes, we will serve you faithfully. And then they look at each other and like high pitch at each other and kind of like. <laughs> and then like dogs fucking howling. Governor General Livia, this is Gracchus. He and I will assist you in every way we can. Just as I assisted Shiva. So that last that last shot is oddly haunting. The like it's the dogs like howling. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. That so, whole that whole sequence is pretty crazy because like these guys are scary, but then like they keep doubling, you know, the Neomegas, and then even Livia's like she knows what's wrong. Like, you know, she knows there's gonna be a problem with this down the line and then yeah the dog stuff is just like so dystopian and upsetting yeah it <laughs> i know i've i know i've harkened back to this like like multiple times this episode but like i do think it's like this is a this is kind of a shift because like phaeton's willing to like play with fire in a way that he wasn't before like like the neo megas are bad news and like 
if you trust them too much, like they're not they're not interested in like all of Neo Sapien Kylan. They're just interested in Neo Megas. And like I feel like that's kind of the way like like as the as like the Nazis started losing World War Two, like like the stuff they were like reportedly into got like way crazier and like way more volatile. Yeah, like the way they started embracing the occult and tried to summon Hellboy. Dude. Tried to. <laughs> I watched that documentary on Hellboy. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. You know what's awesome? Hellboy. Fuck yeah. Um so I, I really love this episode. I, like it just it's not a big episode, but it kind of has like the Guns of Navarone raid thing going on and it just it it's just super fucking satisfying, you know? Lots of good setups and payoffs. We see Earth in a way we haven't seen before. Like I don't know, I really dug it. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean I thought I mean this was I mean I think the lighting is even darker. It's like that interesting thing, right? Between like those cartoonish episodes and these super dark ones that are like I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool to be back to Earth. Cool to like see different aspects of like the fight. Um, I think that's like the one thing I, I want to see just how big this conflict is sometimes. So it's nice to get her, get off of the pirate stuff for a second. Yeah, and I, I mean, going back to the color thing, it's um, it's really interesting because the last episode was you know the pirates in capes and it's everything's bright, and going back here, everything's really muted and dirty and awful. So I really like. I really dug that. Um, who are your MVPs for this episode? Uh, I'm giving it to Napier for his destruction, saving the day at the end. He just went crazy. That's like the single best performance in a fight. I mean, between, yeah, he kills like five people with his bare hands pretty quickly. I mean, you know, from from like uncooked fish to granite, how hard was his murder boner at that point? Because I'm thinking, you know, pretty damn Adam- hard. <laughs> Adamantium. Yeah, he was. He was at. He was at. He was at. He was. You were supposed was to give full, me claws. <laughs> he was at full rage. Uh, eration. I like eration. Yes. Yeah. I'll allow it. Workshop it. Proud of Olivia for getting the first lady uh, stewardship or whatever generalship of a major planet. Pretty badass. Yeah. 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 Big step for Neo Sapien women everywhere. Um, I'm going to give it to Gillespie. Uh, his death is like very intense and like very, very savage. Gillespie! You can't help him, Eve. Pull yourself together and let's get out of here. And, uh, and doesn't, to- like, doesn't Eve like get, get sad about it. And then Torres tells her to like shrug it off. Yeah. Yeah. No. She's like, people die every day, dummy. <laughs> Torres is not a very she's a motivator but not a very smooth one there's a part where they're like oh man if Neo Sapiens slept we could just follow the guy home and she's like yeah if they were like flies we could just swat them but whatever she's definitely the bad cop to Marsh's good cop like that's definitely like how they run things yeah so on, her, on, the, on her own she's like a little too hard edged which is why I'm going to give mine to Torres because I like that she is, uh, well, hmm. Okay. I'm going to go halvesies. Bad cop Torres out of water is great because you see how she can rub people the wrong way, but I love all the Neo Megas because they're just like so douchey. 
Um, they can make the nicest thing into the worst thing. They're like always scheming and the, the secret high pitched frequency thing is why would Pretorius like design that in there? Like, what is he thinking? Yeah, no. They're 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 also great because they're like they're like a season two big bad. Like that's pretty cool. Like and that's super unusual for like a, for like a, an animated television show, right? To like have a new like a new like major villain in season two. Like and they're the kind of guys that it's like the Neo Sapiens to the humans, the Neo are to them. It's it's Skynet. It's like why would you design something that's smarter than you that doesn't want you around? You know. Right. Which is like, especially for such a logical, or we're always told they're so logical, it's like kind of a really dumb thing to do. Phaeton is like kind of descending into madness. Like he's not like with it anymore. Like, or not as with it. Which is kind of like what's scarier, him being in control or him being a crazy guy? I think that's a really good question. Way scarier, but. Yeah, no, you know, it's like unfocused crazy is. You know, if you have a crazy person that's walking around the palace in his like slippers, that's one thing. But if you have a crazy person that's like, you know, let's blow up the moon, that's a whole different, <laughs> whole different ballpark, man. They kind of built the Neo Megas to kind of fill in that gap because, you know, they have all the brawn and they have the logic, but they don't have the creativity. But in classic Neo Sapien fashion, they made the creativity like a little too much. So I don't know. It's cool, but. Super fucked up, and it's going to lead to some weird, really weird, unpleasant things down the line. No, they're, I mean, they're a good villain. I actually feel more, like, afraid of them somehow, even though they're, like, not as physically intimidating. And that's what makes them fucking, like, terrifying is the fact that they're skinny, and they're going to use, like, the bureaucracy and the structure of the military and this, like, despot situation against you. Because they know how to, like... I think, Ryan, you said, like, a couple episodes, it's like... You know, in a uh, in sort of like the situation in like a tyrannical situation, creative people like kind of, you know, fall by the wayside because they won't fall in line. And these guys aren't going to fall in or aren't going to like fall to the side because they know how to use the system to their advantage, which I think is really cool. Yeah, they're like they're all they're like only a villain you could introduce in season two with like its darker tone because they're like. Yeah, they they have like an ominous vibe to them, and yeah, they're like like this. The scariest thing in the world is not someone who's big and strong and like intimidating. The scariest thing in the world is someone who is like looks weak and is not afraid at all. Like because they know some shit that you just are not. They're not. You're they're on another level. Like well, here's a sort of abstract question: Which is scarier, slow zombies or fast zombies? Slow zombies. Right, because there's some like nightmarish quality to it that you can't escape. Right, right, like a dream. And when you're like, when something's physical, you can kind of like, well, if I just run fast enough, I can, I can kind of physical my way out of it. But if it's like mental or emotional, right. it's more haunting. Can I tell you a story real quick? Sure. So one, the one year I went to Comic Con, I went to a panel with like, they had like fucking um, Max Brooks and a whole bunch of people who work in zombie stuff. And someone asked that question. And after making fun of the person for asking a dumb question, because they're like, the answer is so obviously those slow zombies. Um, the reason they said is that slow zombies, like you said, are f- psychological in that the zombie isn't what kills you. The zombie is like, you know, the after effect of what kills you, kind of. But it's your own human failing that kills you. It's, you know, you got greedy or you went crazy or you did this. 
And then because you did that, you put yourself in a bad situation and then the zombies get you. So I think that's like kind of always been an interesting thing. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's true, but I just, there's something about like the inescapable nightmare quality of it to me that's, that I find so unsettling about slow zombies. Oh yeah. Is that, you know, is that, you know what I mean? No matter how much you try, like you just can't run like, it's like a, like a bad dream. Like you can't run fat. You're just stuck in slow motion. And you're being devoured. And that's to me what, you know what I mean? Like, I get the society stuff, but like, that's just they, so visceral. They they use it to really good effect in the uh, Friday the 13th movies too, because like Jason never runs. He just like walks. And it's like part of what's scary about it, right, is that like, like there's no escape. Like the zombies right. will, the zombies will get to it. Like you're not, you're not getting out alive. Like you're, you're just like delaying the inevitable. And that's, like, what's truly terrifying. Uh, you know, it's... And again, like, with fast zombies, like you said, it's like, oh, you know, are they... It, you get that ant thing going on, which I hate. Um, but like you said, with slow zombies, the fact that... Oh, and I, I'm kind of curious. And, like, I don't remember if they've done this or not, but, like, is is there an episode where it's... I think there's one in a maze later on, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, Jason Marsh fights the crab monster. Yeah, which... Saying that now sounds so fucking weird. Um, <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, but the fact that, you know, Neo-Sapiens don't need to sleep and all that, like, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's a, is there an episode in there where they're being pursued by, like, a death squad or something like that? Because I feel like that'd be such a great, like, you know, concept of this un, unstoppable, you know, no fatigue, no weakness kind of uh, monster. I think there's... I think there's a couple episodes where they like are followed by the Neo Sapiens and they bring that up, but I really don't remember. Yeah, um, it'd be awesome. But that would be awesome. That would be totally sweet. Seriously, um, we got any plugs this week? Same old, same old. <laughs> Two loopy ladies on Etsy. Uh, buy my book on Amazon. I think someone did buy my book on Amazon. Hey, I'm, and I'm I'm. I got an email. I'm waiting slowly for the two dollars to come in but if you did and you're out there i want to say thank you i appreciate it sick that's awesome the rules i'm glad someone made some money off this thing (laughs) (laughs) and if if no one did and i just misread the email uh cult cartoon podcast commentary podcast not the lucrative venture you were led to believe (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny um (laughs) Also, don't forget two five films, man. Like, Chris is okay. fucking. You're killing it, man. Um, if you need a, if you need wedding videography, social media marketing, marketing of any kind, I'm your man. Yeah. In fact, two five films are your people. <laughs> They're people. Yeah. Um, well, no. well, I'll make a movie. What do you need? You need a movie? I'll make it. Yeah. You got movies. <laughs> you make one of them nudie pictures? <laughs> Not that kind of movie. I don't do no nudie pics. Yeah. No nudie. No nudie. Well, I get too much respect for the skirts. How much you paying? <laughs> this is like one of them awful pics, right? Them dames. Oh. Gabba Watch goo. out. Gabagoo. Gabagoo. Uh, the Gabagoo, please. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I'd like to go to. We had a couple of quest- questions about the episode. We did. Um, Was that one of them? We could do a mini sode. <laughs> the podcast within the podcast. Okay, actually, fuck it. You're gonna make an Exo Squad movie. 
It's Done. part of like okay. That's all. No, <laughs> we're gonna do it. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Go on. Well, I was gonna say, but this is like movie six in the series. Okay, where you can focus on just one like strong aspect of it, um, and it's not something we've covered in the show. Okay, like what is your kind of like your dream thing that we don't see that you want to get into? Wait, we're making six movies. Well, like like there's like the Exo Squad, the New Sapien War, the Resistance, Venus. Um, but this is like this is the Rogue One. This is the story that like didn't happen in the show. Like, what's yeah, gotcha. something like in your head that you'd want? It's like mine is. I want to see the Australian resistance because I picture fucking like Exo Squad meets Mad Max fucking like going on spirit walks to fucking figure out where like the weapon shipments are coming from, like all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, dude, it's it's like at the end of, end of in, in the end of Independence Day when you see all like the other air forces that survived, like seeing other resistance cells would be really cool. Like how does the resistance work in like uh, in like uh, Italy or like Paris or whatever, like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's lots of stuff. I think if you were to do this as like a real, I don't know, as a real movie, <laughs> then you could really <laughs> get into more of it that'd be interesting. Like, I don't know, like the last city to fall before the Neos took over, like that fight or like, I, I like all the raids are super, would be super cool. Like, I like I like all the Venus stuff a lot. I think I'd be interested in seeing like some really interesting like Venus stuff. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's not a good answer, but I feel like there's a lot of like small, just like getting into the details of the battles and stuff would be interesting. Dude, those are great answers, man. I want to watch. <laughs> Hells yeah. Like, thanks. Like thanks, guys. The, you know, the, there was an old, uh, what the fuck was it? Star Siege, I think. There was, it was an old PC game that came out. And for some reason, it had like a stupidly large, like, lore book. And one of the things I always loved was it was kind of like a Stalingrad knockoff bit, but. I love that kind of going back to like the last city to fall. You know, they had this whole thing about like the last city that fell before this big alien invasion and like the desperate measures they went through and what happened right after and the resistance that spawned out of it. And I love shit like that. I Man, I think I've said this before too, but I like the like noir forties stuff, like just in like a city of like people dead doing dead drops, like this episode and like, you know, that kind of like inglorious bastards, like that kind of like, like you're just in a big city, but like there's limos, there's entertainment. It's more like this kind of like smoky, you know, kind of thing. Well, it's like uh, when you hear stories of I forget what it was a Hepburn or someone like that, but like how they would basically ride their bicycle around Holland or some shit and just like convey messages for the resistance. But the guards would never really stop them because they just assumed they were getting like milk or something. Um I love like all those little details and like like and that's why I'm kind of like why I think it's Ellie when she was doing the dead drop. Why that interested me so much is like, are these people prisoners or do they have like workers quarters or like how is life in the Neo Sapien Empire? I mean, it's awful, but like what is the day to day? That stuff interests me a lot. I I want to see more of like the Neo Sapien human like liaisoning. Like I think that stuff is like. Because they kind of hint at it with the UN with the space with the UN guys in in Miami, but like I I want to see more of like how, yeah how like the Neo Sapien Empire is run day to day. Yeah, and spies. Yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> like seriously, like the spy stuff is so good. Um, but yeah, freaking a man. 
yeah, this episode, I, this is a really great episode in the way that it opens up a lot of those. It gives you a glimpse of stuff we haven't seen before, which is like really nice in light of, um, you know, face getting a face full of Simbaka for most of the season so far, you know? Yeah. It's a really good, it's a really good change of pace and it's a really good, uh, like the, t- the tonal change is, is, is pretty solid as well. So since we're going a little long, I'm just going to say, you guys got any quick recommendations you want to do? Uh, yeah. Uh, LeVar Burton reads, it's a new podcast. Uh, LeVar Burton reads, uh, sh- like short stories and writing selections that he likes, um, and like reads them aloud to you like an audiobook, And then like, Give us his own personal thoughts on it. It's really good. Uh, I've heard that. It's really good. Nice. Um, start listening. Yeah, I don't know if I, I was away, so I don't know. I don't not into anything new. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good school, man. You know, it's bad. Sorry, it's bad. <laughs> Go see Dunkirk. I've not seen it, but it's supposed to be good. Mine is going to be Spider-Man: Homecoming. I saw that. Really enjoyed it. It nails a lot of the things that are supposed to be in a Spider-Man movie. So. And it doesn't go over the origin story again, which is great. So you can actually have fun with it. Oh, I, I did think of one. Um, the Leftovers. You should go see The Leftovers. <laughs> nice. Really good. Well played. Well, on that note, guys, I would like to thank <laughs> Eric Calderon for our intro and outro music. You can find the stuff on YouTube at 331ERock. Uh, his stuff is great. Um, we come out with a new episode every Saturday or so. So... Listen in and give us a review on that iTunes. Hit five stars. You know, like, it's a good amount of stars. Anything less just seems weird. So please do that because it helps a lot. And write a review. We love that. Uh, The next episode is The First Step, which sounds like it's going to be a big step forward to something. Who knows what? So check that out. Um... Yeah, guys, any last thoughts? Uh, this episode is sweet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> here. Um, no, go to our not... Patreon, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. everyone, for listening and supporting us through Patreon. We've made, how much did we make, Chris? Zero dollars. All right, keep it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll tweet that out. You, you have the potential to increase our profitability by infinite percent. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, guys, are there any heroes in this company? No, no sir. Yay, we did it again. How's it keep happening like this? Bye, everybody. Are we Bye. done? Are we yeah. done? Bye. We should just have another podcast of just us pitching shows. I would absolutely do that. That actually sounds like a lot of fun, just like pick a topic and just go yeah. on it for like a half yeah. hour so it's like die hard right uh but it's on new year's eve and uh it's actually a uh, <laughs> um oh it's a um it's a children's uh prep school it's all teenagers okay but here's the thing it's 1939 they're on a zeppelin crossing the atlantic and there's a nazi spy yes or is he <laughs> Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. All right. Um, and the Zeppelin has a leak. And, yes. and there's just no one, one dude. <laughs> <laughs>